Good afternoon. Okay, so what Herb said is true. This is about people, okay? I'm a storyteller. I've been a storyteller for 30 years, believe it or not. I've traveled all around the world telling stories. I've been very blessed and very lucky to be able to make my living from what I absolutely love. The thing that I love most about storytelling is being able to share stories with people. It's not a theoretical thing. I think a storyteller is only a storyteller when they're active, when they're telling stories to people. When I'm not telling stories to people, I'm researching stories to tell to people. But as a storyteller, this is the only place I really come to life. It's the only time that what I do is relevant in terms of my title, storyteller. Now, I use that word relevant for a reason. Over the years, I mean, as I said, I've been telling stories for 30 years, and over the years, it seems that to be called a storyteller of traditional stories is becoming less and less cool. And uh, now people are saying, no, I'm not a storyteller, I'm a spoken word artist. <laughs> or, no, I'm not a storyteller, I'm, a, I'm a, um, a contemporary storyteller. Whereas I believe that stories are templates. I've been taught this by fellow storytellers. Stories are templates, maps, roadmaps to what it means to be a human being. And I think that if Hollywood can make Noah with Russell Crowe, and that be considered a relevant thing to do today, or if they can make Gods and Men with Kristen Baal, and that can be a relevant thing to do, then I think it's a relevant thing for me to tell traditional folk tales in this time, because all the stories are trying to show me, and hopefully show an audience, is what it means to be human. All our failings, all our abilities, all our hopes, all our dreams, everything that makes up this thing, in this case, five foot, two and a half thing, <laughs> called a human being, is contained in a story. I love stories. I can read 100 stories and only find one that grabs me by the heart and makes me want to tell it. And the story that I'm going to tell for you today, if you'll indulge me, is a story that I heard many years ago at a storytelling event down in London, where I was living for a while. I've just come back home to live. And I started my performing career. career. I was at Manchester Youth Theatre here when I was a kid, went down to London, discovered I was a storyteller, came back and decided to do it here. Uh, but this story I heard in London and... It, was, it just grabbed me as soon as I heard it. And the woman who told it to me or to the audience is called Virginia Benkian. She's an Armenian storyteller. And I said to her afterwards, please, please let me tell that story, please. Because storytellers thief stories. They steal from each other all the time. So I had to ask her if it was okay. And she said, I could, so I'm going to share that story with you. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay, so if you want the story, when I say il, you say al. Il. The way you say al is an indicator of how much you want the story, whether or not you're passionately engaged in this moment or not, okay? Eel. 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 A king was walking along the shores of a lake. He looked out across the water and he saw a man, a fisherman, with long gray hair, a long gray beard. He was wearing his loincloth, his lungi, and he was casting his fishing net onto the water pulling it in, throwing the fish back into the water, casting it out, pulling it in, throwing the fish back into the water. The king turned to his advisor and he said, he's not fishing. What is he doing? I want to speak to that man. So the advisor, he stepped forward and he said, you, yes, you, the king would speak with you. 
And the fisherman, he rolled up his fishing net, he dropped it into the bottom of his boat, he rowed back to shore, he climbed out of the boat, he approached the king, he bowed before the king, he said, your majesty, I'm yours to command. The king said, what are you doing? You're not fishing. You're throwing the fish back into the water. What are you doing? And the old man said, ah, your majesty, I have a story to tell if you have ears to hear. To hear. And the king said, oh, I like stories. Sit. So the old man sat, the king sat, the advisor sat, and the old man began his story. He said, majesty, I was young, I was strong, I was vibrant. I used to fish on this water. Every day I would cast my net, I would pull in my haul, I would go to market, I would sell. I would come back with some fish my mother would cook, and every evening as we ate, she would berate me. And she would say, do you want me to die, an old woman, and not see my grandchildren? Will you not marry? But, said the old man to the king, I wasn't ready to marry. I like my life. I like playing backgammon at the cafe with my friends, drinking hot, sweet coffee, drinking pomegranate wine, watching the young women as they walk to the bazaar. I love that. But then one day, said the old man to the king, I cast my net and I pulled in what I thought was the biggest haul of my life, but it was not. It was a box, a wooden box, hanging from which was a golden chain, hanging from which was a golden key. I pulled the key from the chain, I inserted it in the lock, and click, I turned the lock. I opened the box, and your majesty, said the old man to the king, within that box was a woman so beautiful, she took my breath away. I was lost. She looked into my eyes, and I was hers forever and ever. She opened her mouth, and she said, hello. And I said, hello. And she smiled a smile that was so bedazzling. Her hair was as dark as the midnight sky, her skin as pale as the full moon. And I said, who are you? And she said, I'm your wife, if you'll have me. Your majesty, said the old man to the king, I didn't need to be told twice. I lifted her from the box. I sat her beside me and I rode back to shore. And dragging that box in one hand and leading her with the other, I led her to the house I shared with my mother. And as I stood in the doorway, my mother took one look at her and she said, is this her? Is she the one? Is she the one you will marry? Is this the one who will make me a grandmother? And I said, yes. And my mother, she ran through the streets. And she invited everybody to our wedding. And it was wonderful. And my wife was so beautiful. I felt that to be a fisherman did not do her justice. And so I learned a new skill. I learned the skill of being a goldsmith. And soon I became such a fine goldsmith, such a good goldsmith that I was taking commissions from the great and the good and the rich. Soon I had a workshop, and I would sit in my workshop and I would work on different jewels, and every stone I set was in honor of my beautiful wife. Every ring, every necklace, every pair of earrings, every pair of anklets or bracelets was made in honor of my beautiful wife, and then I would go home. And there I would find my wife sitting with my mother, and they would be laughing or singing or talking. My mother, she would be weaving, my wife sometimes cooking. No children yet, but I was happy, said the old man to the king. And then one day I was in my workshop. I was working on a very difficult necklace and an aroma, a perfume so powerful, so strong, wafted in under the door. And then the door swung open and there stood three veiled women. They moved with one step and they spoke with one voice and they said from behind their veils, Goldsmith, are you happy? What kind of a question is that? I said, of course I'm happy. I'm a happy man. And from behind their veils they laughed. 
Well, if you're happy. And with one step, they turned and they moved through that door. They closed the door behind, leaving the aroma and the question in their wake. I, said the old man to the king, I was confused. Why did they choose me? Why did they ask that question? I went back to my necklace, but I couldn't finish. The question was drilling at the back of my mind. So I decided to put away the necklace, to shut up shop, to go home and confirm my happiness. I went home and there was my mother, weaving and singing, my wife cooking and singing along with my mother. Of course, this was a picture of happiness. Home is where the heart is. Home is where love is and I was happy. And I took my wife by the hand and I led her up the stone steps to our bedroom to confirm our happiness. <laughs> and the next day I went back to my workshop. And if I'm honest, said the old man to the king, I was half working on the necklace, half expecting them to come and come they did. The door swung open and there they stood, the three veiled women, they stepped into my shop and they said, Goldsmith, are you happy? And this time, I was a little frustrated by the question, said the old man to the king. Of course I'm happy, I said. Why do you beleaguer me with this question? I'm happy. I'm very happy. My wife is happy. My mother is happy. And they laughed. <laughs> well, if you're happy. And they turned with one flourish and they were gone, leaving the question and the aroma behind. And I couldn't continue my work. I left my shop and I walked and I walked and I walked around the streets I'd known so well. I walked until the sun set, said the old man to the king. I walked until I had to go home. As much as I was avoiding it, avoiding it I had to go home, said the old man to the king. When I stood in the doorway of our home, my mother gave me looks, looks that are reserved purely for sons that displease their mothers. I said, where is she? My mother said she's upstairs in bed and she's been sobbing. You didn't come home for the meal. And I said, I'm sorry. And I went up the stairs and there she was lying in the bed. And I knew, said the old man, I knew I should have comforted her. I knew I should have climbed into bed and taken her in my arms and soothed her. But I couldn't because the question was penetrating the back of my mind. I lay beside her. I could hear her sobbing softly. I turned my back and I tried to sleep. But there they were. In my mind's eye, the three veiled women. And in the morning, as the cock crew, rather than face my wife, I jumped out of bed. I splashed cold water on my face. I said my prayers and I left the house and I went to my workshop and I waited. I didn't pick up my tools. I waited. I sat and I waited because I knew they would come, said the old man to the king. And sure enough, the aroma, then the door swung open and there they stood, the three veiled women, and they said, Goldsmith, are you happy? And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not happy. What is happiness? Can you please tell me what happiness is? Can you show me happiness? And they said, follow us and we will show you happiness. So I followed them. I followed them from my workshop through the streets I'd known my whole life until I came to streets I'd never seen before in my life. Until so they brought me to a door, an oak door with a knocker fashioned in the face of a veiled woman. One of them took out a key, she unlocked the door, she pushed open the door and there was a courtyard flooded with light and a table heavy laden with delicious things to eat and delicious things to drink. One of them went, she fetched water to wash my face, my hands, my feet. Another, she brought pomegranate wine. The other, she brought a platter of food from the table and they fed me. The one who had washed my hands, face and feet, she took out an oud and she began to play 
intoxicating music. Then the other two stopped feeding me and they began to dance. They danced and they danced and they danced. And then finally, when the music was ended and the dance was finished, they stood up and they dropped their veils. Your majesty, said the old man to the king, I thought my wife was a thing of beauty, but these three women, oh. and then they spoke with one voice and they said, you can have me, choose. And I thought to myself, which one can I choose? They're, they're all equally beautiful. Then one of them pushed her foot forwards ever so slightly to indicate that I should choose her. You, I said, I choose you. And then they replaced their veils and said with one voice, you can have me if you go home, put your wife in the box and drop her back in the lake. Your majesty, I didn't need to, to be told twice, said the old man to the king. I leapt out of my seat. I pushed open that door and I ran through the streets. I didn't know until I came to the streets. I did know until I came to my home. I ran up the stone steps three at a time. I burst in through the door. My mother, she stood up. She said, what's the matter? I said, where is she? My mother said, she's on the roof. Why? And I said, ask me no questions. I climbed up the steps onto the roof. My wife was pressing olives. She looked at me and she said, what's the matter? And I said, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing and come with me. She was so beautiful, said the old man to the king. She stood up and she followed me down the stone steps and into our bedroom. We'd made a table. We'd made a table of the chest in which I'd found her. I swept the things that covered the table onto the ground and I took the handle of the box in one hand and my wife in the other. I said, let's go. And she said, where are we going? And I said, ask me no questions. And I led her down the stairs, the box bump, bump, bumping down the stairs as we went. And my mother said, where are you going? Where are you taking my daughter-in-law? What is the meaning of this? And I said, ask me, no questions. And I led my wife down the stone steps and onto the street, dragging the box behind. And she was saying, please, please, please don't do this. Is it because we don't have children? Have patience. We will have children. And I said, it's not about children. And she said, then what? Have I displeased you? What have I done? But I couldn't speak. I couldn't even look at her, said the old man to the king. I led her through the streets until we came to this very lake, till we found my old fishing boat. I opened the wooden chest and I said, climb in. And she fell to her knees and she said, please, please, please don't do this, I beg of you. And I said, climb into the box. And she became resigned to her situation. She climbed into the box, I snapped the lid shut. I pulled the key from the golden chain, I inserted it in the lock and click, I locked it. And then I reattached the golden key to the golden chain and I lifted the box and I put it back in my fishing boat, said the old man to the king. And then I jumped into my fishing boat and I rowed. I rowed to the middle of this lake and I pushed the box in. And as I watched it sink, said the old man to the king, I felt all the responsibility for the question lift from my shoulders. All the responsibility for happiness, lift from my shoulders, and then I rode back to the shore, and I went to find the house. The house with the oak door, with a knocker fashioned in the face of a veiled woman. But I couldn't find it, said the old man to the king. 
I searched and I searched, but I knew all these streets and I asked people and no one had ever seen such a house. I searched and I searched and I searched until finally my feet led me to the only place they could lead me, home. And my mother was waiting in the doorway and she said, well, where is she? Where is my daughter-in-law? What have you done? And I told my mother everything. With tears streaming down my face, I told my mother everything. And she said, you're a fool. You're a fool. You're a fool. But it's not too late. Go back. Cast your fishing net. Bring home my daughter-in-law. I want to be a grandmother. I want to see you smile. I want to see her laugh. I want to hear her sing. Bring home my daughter-in-law. And so your majesty said the old man to the king. I ran back to the lake. And I jumped back into my boat. And I rowed to the center of that lake there. And I unfurled my fishing net and I cast my net. But I only found fish. I threw them back into the water. I cast again, but I only found fish. And I cast again and again and again. But I only found fish on that day. But I came back the next day. And I tried again and I came back the next day and I tried again. And I will come back to this lake every day. And I will try and I will try until I find my wife. I will find her. And now, said the old man to the king, you've heard my story, your majesty. I must get back to my work. I have to find my wife. I might be successful today. And the old man bowed once more to the king. He walked back to the shore of that lake. He climbed into his boat. He rowed his boat to the center of the lake. He unfilled his fishing net and he cast his net and he pulled it in, he threw out the fish. He cast his net, he pulled it in, he threw out the fish. He cast his net and he cast his net and he cast his net. And that is the end of one of my favorite stories. Thank you.